Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Couch Dads is with us today. <laughs> so uh, let, let's just go ahead and, and, and get on started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham, and of course, with me is my favorite co-host. Her name is Jojo. Howdy. <laughs> and today's a special day because we don't normally, even though we don't normally have, or we don't frequently have guests, but when we have guests, we have very special guests. And today, I am proud to have on the other side uh, my friend uh, whom I met on during PodFest, we have George DeMoya with us today. Hello, George. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about a few things that we're streaming as one of the Couch Dads. Yes. So I come to you from the Couch Dads podcast, and I'm really excited to be a part of the kicking and streaming team. Yes. Yes. Thank Yay. you. Thank you very much for that, mate. And, uh, so let's let's go over your bio a little bit because you are an interesting dude, which is <laughs> which is fantastic. So you are currently a marketing director and social media content manager for Flintstone Media, and you are associated with the Florida Podcasting Network. That's that's a hell of a title. Oh, is it social media content manager and marketing yeah. director? So describe what that work entails. Yeah, absolutely. So with Flintstone Media, we are in charge of the Florida Podcasting Network that has over five podcasts that are based within Florida, but we also have clients aside from that. And what we do at Flintstone Media is that we're a full podcasting suite. So we take a podcast idea from its nuts and bolts and we build it up and then we work its way up all the way to branding, to marketing, sponsorship, and creating social media content that would help supplement the podcast. So Facebook Lives, uh, live events, video production behind it, uh, video events, audiograms, you name it, we create it. We have a team of editors, myself, uh, Jemmy, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. She is the creator and owner of Flintstone Media and the Florida Podcasting Network. And, you know, she's created networks like uh, Horse Radio Network with Glenn and is also creating the Wedding Biz Network with Andy up in New York. So she just is a phenomenal person to work with. And those are the kind of things that we do as uh, or that I'm a part of as the marketing director. So I'm in charge of marketing all the different podcasts that are under those labels, as well as new clients, bringing them in and finding their niche markets. Wow. That uh, I, to tell you the truth, I, I don't know about Jocelyn, but I never knew that there was actually so much work, that much work involved in, in podcasting. And uh, like, I mean, I've seen podcasting networks all over the place, but I didn't know that's that's part of the job and, and, and it, that it, it entails so much. What do you think, Joe? Uh, yeah, I, I was not aware of that and kind of feel like at this point that if there were traffic, I should go out and walk into the middle of the street. But, you know. <laughs> Don't do it. No. Luckily, there is no traffic. So <laughs> that is amazing, and, and, man. And uh, to be clear, sometimes a, a lot of the clients that we get are people of, that have a brand already and they're just they want to use a podcast to supplement that brand, too. So, you know, we help a lot of brands kind of delve into the new podcasting world. So folks like yourselves and myself with Couch Dads, we're, we're kind of just doing it on our own yeah. uh, without any kind of help. We're, we're branding everything ourselves and we're doing it because we love it. 
Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yes. that's that's also a part of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if I if I I don't know if I were a lawyer or something like that, I would want to have a podcast, but probably to, to talk about, you know, stupid crimes and stuff like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, brands are really getting into into podcasting. I, I was in my car the other day and listened on NPR and they said something about one of the supermarket chains has a podcast. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, was it Aldi? Is it Aldi, Jocelyn? I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't. But, uh, but I do know that Trader Joe's has Trader a podcast. Trader Joe's, that's exactly. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's who was going to be my just my choice without knowing. I was like, of all of them, I feel like it would be Trader Joe's, but. Yeah, Trader Joe's has a podcast that my wife listens to because she gets her her tips and recipes from there. Oh, very cool. That was going to be cool. my question, though. Like, what, what, what would it? What, what do they talk about? Do they talk about price? Do they talk about wines? Do they talk about? But oh, yeah. if there's a recipe there, you count me in. I'm going to start listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, recipes, new products. You know, uh, if something's coming in that's seasonal, you know, um, oh. they'll they'll bring that in. Like uh, a pumpkin bisque soup that they put out right around fall, and automatically, you know, my wife was like, "I am buying this." So she Ooh. waited for the launch date, and then she went over to Trader Joe's and got it, and it was delicious. Oh yeah, hey, amen. Hey, kudos to your wife, man. Mm. Smart <laughs> stuff. It's I have smart. the Couch Dads podcast, but let's be honest, she runs the house. So yeah, that's hey, that's what we can, all we have left is 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 doing the podcasting, man. Because they they uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so continuing with your bio, man. Um, yeah. You also you have a background in uh, video production and entertainment business. You're a graduate of. You, I mean, you went to college right there where you live or in, in, in Florida. Yeah, I, I went to um, Full Sail University up in Orlando, Florida, uh -huh. and I got my bachelor's in film production. I did my master's in entertainment business, Yo. and I have a, you know, a small video production company now that I created a couple years ago called 90 Miles Media, where we focus on creating social media content for brands, uh, nonprofits, PSAs you know, things like that or cover events. And I've worked in film production for 15 plus years. I've done a, a, an array of projects. You know, I would, I would like to say that I am a blue collar film production guy because I've worked on projects that never saw the light of day <laughs> and I've worked on projects that uh, ended up on the Oprah Winfrey network on the own network or right. on Hulu. You know, and, and we've worked low budget. We've worked high, you know, big budget, like Michael Bay commercials in Miami. So I've done a little bit of everything, which I, and I never left to L.A. because I have too much ties to being a family man. I'm yeah. an avid dad of three. I love my wife. And I that was what was important to me. It was never about moving to L.A., but I love doing video production and working on film sets. So I just, I never got the itch, you know, to leave to the West Coast. I just stayed here and focused on family and, and did what I loved aside from that, you know, or next to that. Yeah, well, the important thing is to be doing what you love, regardless of where you are. I mean, not everybody yeah. has that, that, that kind of, of fortune, isn't, uh, isn't it? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's just I, I had so many friends when I we first when we finished graduating that a bunch of them went to L.A. Many of them returned. Some ended up doing something slightly different and some ended up doing very well for themselves and ended up doing music videos, uh, directing music videos for Bad Bunny. You yeah. know, so, I mean, there, there's a variation of people that I went to school with and what they're doing now. So. You know, I suppose the major question is, are they as happy and fulfilled as you may be, right? <laughs> right. Well, I, I've kept in contact with a bunch of them, and I would say absolutely. You know, whatever it is that they... Video production overall, there's so many degrees of that. It's not just Hollywood. It's not just big budget movies. You know, there's so many ways you can take it. A buddy of mine became a famous photographer for bars. 
and wow. for bartending drinks. Yeah. And, you know, he gets featured in bartending magazines, you know, so you never know what life will take you, where life will take you after college. College so, is just the first start. So that's the guy that makes those uh, mixologists look so glamorous when they're doing the exactly. thing, the colors and stuff. Have oh, you seen yeah. that, Jocelyn? Yes. It, it makes you want to feel like, yeah, I want to work behind the bar. And, and you forget about how stressful and and overworked is <laughs> that job might be <laughs> when you see them in magazines like that mixing and and they always look like you know with this this nice beard like the straight out of a 1920s gentleman cigar magazine like it's an amazing thing so if your friend is the one in charge of doing that he good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he's good. He definitely is. He's good. And so is uh, the buddy of mine that's directed Bad Bunny music videos. He's he's easily one of the best music video directors uh, today. Yeah. I mean, so. Bad, bad, can't bad go Bunny, wrong there. Bad Bunny is really, really well produced, man. <laughs> I can oh, watch yeah. those every day. And I, I'm not a reggaeton music video kind of guy, but uh, Bad Bunny stuff are are worth watching to tell you the truth. Am oh, I right, Jocelyn? Jocelyn? Jocelyn Jocelyn knows about her bad bunny, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's awesome. That's too much. <laughs> so George, Don't. Uh, uh, you your podcast is what fascinates me the most. And the reason being is because of how you have combined all of what we we, we talked about already, uh, your background, your studies, your all of what you've produced and done in your life, and you incorporate that also in the fact that you are a father and a husband who loves sports, especially hockey. Uh, a guy, a guy from Florida loving hockey is, is a thing that we have to talk about. <laughs> you know, if we were a guy from Maryland, like Jocelyn, <laughs> I could, I could, I, I would have no questions about that, right? But from Florida, yeah, many questions. <laughs> well, I think that's what I love about podcasting is because I tend to be a, a different. I, I tend to be an onion. I'm a, I have, I'm composed of many layers. So yes, mm. I am a sports guy and a hockey guy, born and raised in Miami. But when it came to hockey, for whatever reason, it was the one sport where a little guy like me, because I'm I'm not exactly the biggest, could strap on some skates and knock the heck out of somebody Yo. without it having to be football. And I had I had a little bit more speed because I had skates on. Yeah. And you know, I just I enjoyed that from the get go and I started playing when I was like ten. I was I got really good and I played in college. I played in high school. Dang. Um and I still play today. In, in an adult beer league that hopefully we get back soon. <laughs> I, right I love adult beer leagues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's great. The, the championship is a trophy, is a huge kick. So, I mean, where can you go wrong? <laughs> that is true, man. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I could so. skate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, come on, Justin. I'm gonna have to teach you. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I, I, so. I don't skate, and I've never even tried because, I mean, yeah, I'm a dude from the Caribbean, and I value my butt too much, and I know. That <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna I, fall off. I know I'm gonna be on my ass the first moment I step on the ring. So, no, I've never tried. <laughs> no, not interested. Uh, well, uh, you were mentioning the podcast. So, you know, I have the Couch Dads podcast that's soon to be launched right now. I am uh, doing a bunch of binge recordings Yeah. since we have this quarantine time. So that way, when I do launch, I'll be launching about five episodes all at once. Oh, okay. Um, so are you, are you so, going to do something serial or are you going to do a, you just want to launch with as many episodes as possible and then you'll continue on a... Like weekly yeah, basis that, or something. Yeah, that was the goal. I wanted to launch with as many as possible and have it be like a binge watch. And then I would start a weekly podcast. 
you know, the binge binge recording, I just thought would be a fun thing to do since we had a lot of the downtime right now with yeah. uh, everybody, for the most part, staying inside. And, you know, I just thought it was a good launching idea to launch with not just one episode, but I'd launch with five of them. All right. So hopefully that'll be done next month. So it's coming up. Okay, so we'll we'll be waiting for the launch launching date, or do you have one at the moment? You do you have an idea, more or less, when those five episodes? Because we are going to promote the heck out of them with you. <laughs> oh, thank you, I appreciate it. I don't have a launch date set, but I do have it set for April. I mean, so it'll be the first couple of weeks in April. So I'm pretty close towards the end. I'm recording like one or two more uh, episodes. I already have three or four in the can. Mm -hmm. And so once I get a couple more, I'll be, uh, I'll definitely be launching, you know, a bulk of those episodes. And it's a fun, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun recording because we get to talk about dad life, me being a dad of three. And we get to talk about different things that we're streaming online and how dads really don't get to (laughs) chance to go to the movies. There's no shot at that. And we highlight what we finally get to watch when the kids go the, to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many times that I'm watching something and I pause because somebody comes out because they need a glass of water yes. and it's, you know, right in the middle of a really bad scene. So I end up turning off the TV completely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I remember those days, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got, I've gotten to, I'm right at the end of my, of my journey. It, well, not at the end, but of my journey as a, as a young, young kid's uh, dad. But I do remember those times when, you know, sometimes you're watching something and it doesn't even look like it's going to go there. And the kid is in the room with you and all of a sudden, bam, things start. And you're like, let me pause this. Hey, man, you want to go to your room and play for a moment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. You know, and it's just like, all right, you know, how many times uh, did me and my wife not pause Game of Thrones when we're trying to watch it and come out for something? And we're like, please, just, just, just go, to, go to your room. Yeah. Just go to your room. It's getting good. Just <laughs> <your> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's 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 the life, man. It would be mm-hmm. it would be definitely a, a an interesting podcast to listen to because you've got all of those stories that um, we can all relate to as 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 dads. And uh, Jocelyn has two nieces that um, when they get together, I know that you know it's Jocelyn. Are you the fun aunt or no? I I am the funny aunt. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) yes, I'm I'm Aunt Jojo, so I have to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, what 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 do you guys do when you get together? Do do they have their agenda for you or? Um. It uh, honestly, it depends. (laughs) <laughs> they have very particular ideas about what they like to watch. So uh, the the way I've discovered to to start something that isn't going to drive me insane, like uh, My Little Pony, for instance, um, <laughs> is to is to start a uh, something that I, I that I've seen in the past. Like uh, I got I got them to watch Mega Mind, but just by starting it. Like while I was doing something else and they were all like, oh, what is this? Can you start this from the beginning? I'm like, yeah, I can start it from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, kind of not like not like in the sense of, oh, God, if I see another hello, you know, um, little pony thing, I'm going to, you know, barf, which is how I actually feel. But in the sense of, (laughs) well, let me just start something different and see if it catches their attention. Something that I know I can watch without, you know, dying. (laughs) (laughs) so george have have yours discovered the cartoons that you grew up with so far like oh yeah so you know with with the ability to stream so much now it's been a lot of fun for us because we make sure that we introduce a few new things every so often because if we watch moana or frozen one more time 
I mean, that's it. It's over. I'm going (laughs) to let it go. I'm going to go into the unknown and I'm going to go out into the water, whatever it is. And I'm going to be gone. (laughs) Can you sing? Can you sing the song in your sleep now? (laughs) That's how it is. It's bad, man. It's bad when you wake up and the song from last night is in your head. And it's one of those songs. (laughs) I I, I had Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in my head for a really long time. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't go away. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. So, It'll still hop out every so often. It'll be like, yeah. you know, cooking and it'll be like, hot dog, hot dog. Hot, what the? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> so, pops it every so often. <laughs> so, but no, we, we try sometimes, but the kid content is everywhere and they're getting older. So then they, they start to like newer things also. So you end up with something different every, almost every year. They never stick with one thing. Every year there's something new that they get attached to. You know, if my daughter went through the My Little Pony phase and then it was on to uh, Frozen and Moana and then it was on to The Descendants, uh, which is on, on Disney. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of music involved in my household. There's a lot of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> the dancing, the dancing man. So, oh yeah, I got I, two uh, out of the three kids. Two of them are girls, so it's like that's just it's just nonstop with dance numbers. <laughs> so, how frequently do you find yourself at a tea party <laughs> with two girls? Quite a quite a few, I have to be honest. But luckily, the tea parties have been less, and it's more of dance parties Great. where I am being. Oh yeah, so I'm being yelled at to put on YouTube and to put on like different music videos. So I have to be careful which music videos yes. you put on. Yeah, yeah. Because they like a particular song, and you know it's Cardi B or whatever. Oh and my I'm like, god! I'm not putting not putting the music video on. I'm just yes, not. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I've found a few kid channels, like kid YouTube channels, where they will play the kids bop version yes. of Cardi B yeah. and it's kids dancing to it. And I'm like, perfect. Oh, awesome. Because right. there's no way I'm introducing my daughters to Cardi B and, you know, Missy Elliott music videos right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's it's an amazing thing because you are you, you want them to be entertained you want them to uh you don't want to restrict them completely from from the entertainment but at the same time it's like a little bit of a walk on an egg on eggshells isn't it oh absolutely you're walking on eggshells constantly with this because there's so much content out there mm-hmm. i mean just as an example we took away youtube from all of our devices because youtube recently had and this is not recently a while back had an issue where they were putting out some content that it was like an adult or kids playing with certain dolls and certain toys yeah. and they would love these kids would love watching it and then a minute goes by and then all of a sudden the violence factor the oh, sex wow. factor grew in the video itself oh. and you know Anna is drowning Elsa in the video Holy and, stuff, shit. and I just went what the are you kidding? So we we read up on it. We got involved. We canceled YouTube from everywhere. Every device we completely exited out and went with a, a kid, more of a kid friendly device yeah. that they could use. But I mean, that's that was going on for a long time until YouTube finally cracked down on it. And if you were if you find those channels and you, you can report them yeah. and they get fined yeah. and they get completely blocked from ever putting up anything ever again. Well, that's that's incredibly bad that that someone would would just decide to put that kind of content to lure kids into watching things that they innocently go into thinking that it, it it's what, you know, some of their favorite cartoons and and just just create all these violent scenes and, 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 and oh yeah absolutely and and i'm i've very involved in that because i i come from that kind of background in the entertainment industry so i was aware of a lot of things and what they were watching so i like to share that story because not a lot of us are aware that that is actually out there 
Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know about this at all. And I have a six, almost seven-year-old granddaughter in the Dominican Republic who also has a lot of access to, to, to YouTube. And I've had some times to kind of tell my daughter, hey, man, every now and then go ahead and look, you know, look at what she's, what she's, what she's watching, you know, because, uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah, the content might look innocent enough, but at the end of the day, it still needs su- supervision, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And when the kids have the headphones on, think about it. You, you can't hear the content. It looks innocent. And, but what are they talking about? You know, what are they saying? So it's, like you said, it's a fine line. There's a line there that you got to be careful with. Yeah. So we have basically a window into Couch Dad's podcast as to, as to what we can expect. I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, we are going to do our best to, to, to help you in promoting and 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 putting it out there, and uh, it is our hope that you will be embraced by our binge watchers. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No worries, man. <laughs> so, go moving on into your your background in 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 video production and all of that. We've got a couple of questions that we we would like to ask Jocelyn. Awesome. Jocelyn has it, right? Jocelyn, Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn has some very interesting questions that I, I, I personally could have never come up with. So we, we didn't want to get you by surprise and, uh, or anything, but. Oh, no, no, please. Shoot. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> so Jocelyn. well um so i just do some things together but in thinking about in hair and makeup you know if you're looking at at a star looking normal you know like just a a regular joe on the street and you know they're not using prosthetics or anything like that how long does that kind of thing take and do stars ever do their own or is it always a hair and makeup person that does that okay well Usually you have a hair and makeup person do that. And that'll always take just for a basic look like your base. I'm going out and I want to look good on camera. It would take about an hour. No prosthetics or no uh, nothing crazy like that. But it also depends on the skin tone. So and I bring that up because we had a show that was on the Oprah Winfrey Network and our hair and makeup person, we had one for hair, uh, for hair and makeup and one for as the stylist. Now, it was a reality show that was hosted by two people. And one was a former NFL football star who was a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And the other was an actress that was a tiny little white redhead. <laughs> <laughs> and you put those two next to each other and it was like pole opposites and the uh football star he was extremely dark he was you know just he and he even said it he goes listen i am darker than you think on camera i've been on camera before i know it so he actually brought his own makeup kit because of certain finishes and certain foundations that he learned after being on a few TV appearances and he was actually on Dancing with the Stars back in the day. So he learned, uh, you know, going along. So he brought that with him and then gave it to our hair and makeup person and was like, listen, these are the ones that are going to work best for me. I wonder how so, many trial and errors went there before this guy finally <laughs> realized I have to have my own oh, damn man. thing. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but let me tell you, I, I uh, the way he tells it is, he goes, it was like constantly being offsides and having to go back to the line every single time. Wow. So he was just like, I had to do something. He goes, I had to do something. I knew where my career was going. I knew that when I was done with football that I was going to do stuff like this uh, for a little bit, but he knew that he needed help when it came to that and he went out and he got it. But let me tell you, he was adamant about making sure that we used what he brought. 
Yeah, because so you don't want to you don't want to end up looking like Sammy Sosa up in there, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You don't want that. So you know, for a base look, about an hour, depending on the skin tone. And is it, would it be normal like for somebody to bring their own stuff with them? Cause I know you used him as an example. Is, is that a, it is. a typical, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is. They know it what is. works with their skin or. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll, they'll, it's, it's a collaboration. Every little thing on a TV show or on a movie set is a collaboration. So then the hair and the makeup uh, person would probably also say, okay, I see what you brought. I'm going to try this out for a little bit of a highlight or a little bit of a shadow, you know, because they're going to want to have a certain look to, you know, the director is probably going to say, listen, you know, I need this person to look like X, Y and Z. Right, right. right. You know, so, I mean, there, there is that involved uh, when it's a reality show. Sometimes you'll have people just put on their own makeup and they'll say go. And then, but you'll have somebody there touching up every so often. So, uh, it all depends on, you know, what we're filming. Yeah. So Jocelyn, has it ever taken you an hour to, to get hair and makeup done? For myself? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just I don't know if I've ever taken an hour to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me 10 minutes to get a shower. (laughs) <laughs> get hair and makeup done. <laughs> oh dear. Well, right. uh, <laughs> um, no, so I, another question I had um, is do all the projects that you work on have something like a do not disclose? And if they do, does everybody have to sign that? You know, thinking of like how spoilers and everything are so prevalent in interviews and in the news and that kind of thing, you know, does does everybody have to be involved in the not disclosing of a plot depending on the project or is it just the main stars or how does that work? Well, it works where for the most part on a film project or anything, an NDA is, is done, which is, a, you know, do not disclose any kind of information. And for the most part, everybody has to sign them. If you show up on set and you are the driver of the extras, you're signing a, a non-disclosure. So, you know, everybody really does sign them, but there's so many people on a big movie set that all you really have to do is text your buddy who's not on set, yeah. tell them something and be like, go ahead and disclose it. But you didn't hear it from me, you yeah. know, and, and that's it. And you'd be like, oh, well, did you say anything? No, no, I didn't say anything. But there, there's been a few situations where, you know, we weren't allowed to post anything. We weren't allowed to talk about anything. And we had to actually turn in our phones because one of the projects was a, you know, um, a specialty project for Lego. And they were putting out this new NASA inspired Lego piece. And that was the product that we were shooting on. So we actually had to turn in our phones on the film set and only stick to walkie talkies um, because they were like, you can't, this is a product that hasn't been released yet. It hasn't been featured. It's, you know, going to be featured in this commercial and it's a specific Lego piece. And they were super strict about it. You couldn't have your phone with you. You couldn't take pictures. You couldn't do anything. So it all depends also on the project. Uh, Some are more close knit than others. And you just kind of have to hope that your spoilers don't get out there. But it's easier for spoilers to get out when it's a bigger project. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, small projects, it's easier to contain. I was going to say, too, with smaller projects, too, is there probably more repercussions in the sense of, oh, I, I know that this person has had to be the one that released this information. And that would have the repercussion of them probably not being hired for the next job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once, a, uh, once you get canned from a particular job, that producer or whoever did the hiring, you know, especially if you're you're talking local and local, we you know, tend to work with a lot of the same people. 
And, you know, once you do something on, on one project that doesn't go well and you don't try to atone for it or try to make up for it for whatever the case may be, because mistakes do happen, right. you know, but if you do something intentionally to, you know, hurt the project, then it's, you know, it can get from one producer to the next. And next thing you know, you're not working anywhere locally for a while. Yeah, because yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a small niche too, a small world, even though uh, there might be, you know, a million people involved in it. But at the end of the day, it's a small network and everybody knows everybody. But I, I guess in in following up with the NDAs and all of that, I guess my question was, given the fact that most of these bigger, the bigger projects are, are filmed non-continuous or, or sort of like outside of of the order that it will be edited, it, does that give the producers an advantage in, in not having spoilers out there? Like if they go and film, I don't know, the end scene right at the beginning of the project and then they pick it up from the middle and, and all of that, it, it, does that still present the same problem with, uh, with disclosures and stuff? Well, the, it's not necessarily a problem in that case when you're, when you're shooting or you're filming out of order. The only reason why you shoot or film out of order, it depends on the production coordinator, which is something that I've done uh, a bunch of times before based on scheduling. And it's all about who you got, which actors you have on set for how many days, how long their yeah. contract is, and you just go off of that. And you just you tear that script apart into many pieces and you shoot and film whatever you can when you can. And then you hope that the editor can put it all together at the end. Okay. You know, so if you have a big name actor and he's only available for three days and you have to shoot, you know, 60 pages of that main actor and you're a low budget film, let's say you're going to shoot everything that he's in in those three days. Yeah. If he's in the beginning, the end, and in the middle, then you're shooting all three of those Jesus. sections for those three days, and that's it. <laughs> and then you send him home, and then you'll figure out the rest as you go along. Uh-huh. It it gets a uh, it gets a little crazy in that sense, you know. I can only imagine. I don't know that I have the 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 attention span for that. <laughs> The, the script supervisors, which are the, the one of the main people that's in charge of making sure that everything is in order in terms of that and the continuity of it, they are easily the most detailed people you'll ever meet mm-hmm. on set. At home, they are an absolute mess. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Nothing at home makes sense. It's all chaos. But on set, they are super detailed, super detail-oriented, making sure every little piece is perfect. If an actor said a line a particular way in one take, they make sure they say it the same way in another take. If they use a different word, you know, if they, I, I mean, you name it. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a, a gig for Jocelyn right there, huh, Jocelyn? <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, in your, in your television background, Jocelyn, you didn't, you didn't you do a bit of that too? Uh, like, sort of like making sure that when you take a look at the, uh, at, at the stage and then one shot happened and the next time it has to be retaken, everything had to be right there where, where it left, right? Continuity, yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I couldn't do that to save my life. <laughs> um, oh. What was the next question, Jocelyn? Because this is getting interesting, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this kind of ties into, into what you were just talking about, is how much ad-libbing is actually done by any of the actors and how much of it actually makes it into the finished project. Does it depend solely on the director and the producer or is that more of a editorial decision? How does that go? Well, it's, it's all of the above, really. It's okay. an editorial decision. It's a, it depends on the director and the producer, it depends on the actor, and it depends on which take was the best. So there's, uh, if you look up on YouTube that I know, um, if you guys are familiar with Mojo, it's a popular YouTube channel that does like movie clips and stuff. Yes. They have one that is, you know, uh, the best ad-libbed 
scenes that actually made it into the movie. Um, It's really interesting to watch. And And it all depends on the director and it all depends on how the scene is going. For instance, um, one of my favorite directors is Kevin Smith and he jokes. I, I met him a couple of times in Orlando and he would joke about how he has so much dialogue in his movies that when they, the actors would try to do, you know, ad libs, he'd tell like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon be like, will you stop fucking around and just say it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> just like, say the line much, like I wrote it for fuck's sake. There's too much dialogue, you know. <laughs> and, and it's really funny because he's talking about you know from the days of Dogma when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were you know not huge stars; they were yeah. rising, but uh, they weren't huge. And then and then you have a director like Quentin Tarantino who loves it when he just the actors ad lib. And there is a great, great scene from Django Unchained when Leonardo DiCaprio is having his big scene and he smashes his hand on the table. He actually cut his hand. That was not scripted. That was real. He hit the glass by accident and cut his hand. So he was actually bleeding during that take and he kept going. Yo! As he got wrapped up, and, or before it got wrapped up, he did actually wipe his own blood. Oh my goodness! That's on uh, oh, I'm, I I can't remember her name. She's a phenomenal phenomenal actress. That she was also in it. I'm losing her name, but she he actually wiped his blood on her face in that scene. Huh? Look at that. And I mean, and that's just because you're talking about. Quentin Tarantino, you're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, and you're talking about just two of the best that we've seen, you know, that we've ever seen in the game. And he, you know, he kept going. Quentin Tarantino did not cut. He ended up with, with like 15 stitches in his hand damn, after damn. that. <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> oh, no, no, For the no lawsuit. The game. No lawsuit. Yeah. But. <laughs> You know, so it, it really all depends on on the ad living. It depends on the situation and and all of that. That's fantastic, man. What you got, Justin? Uh, uh, well, this one was kind of tied into because you had mentioned when we kind of had before show chat about the the Togo movie, which is which is phenomenal. I was curious if you had any idea or if you'd worked with if you've worked with animals before and if there are a lot of of actors or even crew that attempt to adopt some of the animals <laughs> or buy some of the animals. I know a lot of them are, are working animals, of course, and would be well out of the range of, say, any normal person's salary. But or if you, there's ever been somebody that absolutely hated the animal they had to work with or were perhaps <laughs> allergic to it. Right. That's a good well, question. <laughs> that's a that's a very good question. I have never encountered in my experience uh, somebody that's like hated the animal that they're working with or allergic to them. I would like to hope that a producer would figure that out beforehand, <laughs> you know, making sure <laughs> You know, and hey, don't how do you repeat. feel about Python? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin wasn't, you know, actually allergic to the bees in My Girl too. You know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, happened. That you know, that, that would have been bad. bad. Killing yeah. one of the best kid stars of our time. I've never had a, an actor wanting to adopt or anything like that either. Because the animals that people work with on sets, they're all trained. And extremely well trained. And a lot of them are actually the same animals in different properties. So the TV show Friends had a monkey on it. Yeah, Marcel. Marcel Marcel was my boy, man. (laughs) Yeah, he was awesome, right? That is the same monkey, the exact same monkey that was in Outbreak. Oh, really? Yeah. Yo, you remember that, Joe? I do. Um, you know, they, they use a lot of the same trained animals. So that's a, even a tighter network. I have had to deal with live animals, which was interesting. 
where we were filming in the Everglades and we needed to get a scene where a Russian mob boss was getting his arm bitten off by a gator. Yo. We did not have a trained gator nor a trained <laughs> gator handler. Oh boy. So we had the guy's arm cut off and then the fake prosthetic was then dropped into the pit of a gator's mouth. So we had to lure the gator to a certain spot. We had one camera on the gator and then we had one camera on the actors. The actors performed the scene and we, you know, used the two cameras to cut in between it. I would have and, loved to be there, dude. <laughs> well, in situations like that, and we're, we're talking low budget, <laughs> uh, you know, my, I'm the one luring the gator and nobody else is allowed around me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, man. If I, if, I, if I were... Rope, I have a rope around my waist just in case the gator gets too close and they yeah. yank me off the screen. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, I swear I was making it up. What if I'm making it up? I'm not. <laughs> I, I wish I was. <laughs> What's your life insurance, man? <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think you mentioned that when you're buying the policy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wrangle gators? No, absolutely not. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say I... Uh, I, I made. I looked like I should belong at the Gator Park there. Okay, <laughs> big old, you know, beard and a vest and khaki shorts that look like freaking Crocodile Dundee or something. Ooh, <laughs> that dude was good too. Uh, the oh yeah, that guy was good too. You could believe him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we've got more questions, Joe. Yeah, fire away. Um, well, I guess this kind of flows into the, uh, the, the gator baiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how often do, do small accidents happen on set? And I guess that kind of ties into what the story you mentioned about Django Unchained, you know, how, oh. how regularly does that happen? Is that an everyday occurrence or is it a rare it's, thing? Or It's not so much of an everyday occurrence, but let me tell you, one of the things that I did when I first starting off is that I would bring a first aid kit with me always. Hmm. And and it was a good first aid kit. It wasn't like one that you buy at the CVS pharmacy or anything. <laughs> it had a little bit of everything because small accidents happen all the time. You're working with squibs, which are, you know, fake bullets and stuff. And sometimes you get you get hit with one and you end up with a bad bruise or, you know, uh, a stunt goes wrong. There's small accidents that happen in And even on a film set that's like a romantic comedy, somebody trips going up the stairs. Wow. You know, and they, and they and they hurt their knee. Or you're an actor or you're an actress and you're under the lights a lot. And you have all these lights around you and they're beaming and uh, you're in a nightclub and the lights are going crazy. And, you know, next thing you know, you got a migraine and you just can't Ooh. kick it. You know, so I would make sure to have stuff that could help when I was first starting out, when it comes to that, uh, cause small accidents, injuries, you get sick, you know, you need, you get heartburn, you name it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like everyday life. You're, you're there on a film set 12 to 14 hours a day. You know, you're there majority of your time. You have to have everything at your disposal. And there have been so many accidents on film sets from car chases to an entire set has collapsed before uh, for fi for Final Destination 5, I think it was. The entire soundstage um, collapsed. And there was also the very famous story of Brandon Lee from The Crow. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. You know, so that, that was, to this day, still just an accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. Even though you, you talk to a lot of, you know, buddies of mine in the film industry, they'll all say the same thing that somebody had it out for them. Yeah. Uh, but they never could solve it. So it was still chalked up as an accident. Oh, that, is, that was sad, though. 
Yeah, and it was extremely sad. So yeah, you have to be prepared for all those small accidents that happen on set and stuff. I mean, you never know. I've I've broken my ankle before on set. So it it happens. It just can't do anything about it. Hazard pay. <laughs> that's why the movie the even the small budgets, that's one of the things they they say they even though if they say small budget Chances are it's not necessarily small budget. It's just small budget and paying you because guess what? They got insurance because mm. that's the first thing you got to chalk off when you're doing your production list is can I make sure that my crew is insured? All right, we're good to go because you never know what's going to happen. So about sp- uh, small budget, what what is a range for small budget? How uh, When does a movie or when does a production qualify as a small budget? Well, it all depends. I mean, Paranormal Activity was made for like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> all right, small Par- very small budget, and Paranormal Activity made what in you know box office? It was freaking millions of dollars, and it was a fifty thousand dollar budget. So you know, small budget really just depends on if you're able to put the crew together and you're able to get it out. You know, you could start with $10,000 an episode for like a TV show for small budget and you just go from there. And I've I've seen projects made for barely anything, you know, just for a couple thousand dollars just because they're like, I want to get this out. It's a good story. And they they borrow as much as they can. They, you know, take their credit cards and they rank them up, rack them up to as much as possible and they use their credit cards as the budget itself. Wow. That's so. that's a a brave thing to do. <laughs> oh yeah, very. What well, one of my favorite books is this book called uh, Rebel Without a Cause and it's written by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, he is uh, the director of uh, Desperado, yes. uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But the first movie he did was El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Love that movie. Yes. yes. Uh, El Mariachi was done for barely anything. And he did clinical studies and scientific like medical testing for about a year to raise the money to do the El Mariachi and that's still so, one of my favorite movies, man. Like I, 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 I and I don't great. want it to be any better in quality than than what what it was and what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You never know what the budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's on your watch list uh, right now, man? Oh man, so there's so many things on the watch list, and uh, you know I try to keep up with some of the current shows with my Hulu TV subscription, which has been great. But I actually have uh, Little Fires Everywhere is on my watch list. Mm-hmm. I am right in the middle of Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn, it's <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> right in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, I just finished up Gentified on Netflix also, and I am getting back into my Brockmire, which is a great show from IFC that you can actually watch on Hulu. Brockmire. Oh, isn't that mm-hmm. with uh, my boy, what's his name? Uh, Hank Azaria. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. What haven't, be, uh, haven't I been watching that? Because I remember when, when it was coming out and Hulu was making a scene out of it like you needed to just wow isn't that the one where he's like a sport a sportscaster or something so so he's a sportscaster that ends up going down the drain like he finds out that his wife is cheating on him and it's a huge orgy kind of deal and that's how he finds out because he walked in on it Yo. <laughs> so <laughs> And he has a complete and utter meltdown on the air as a sportscaster yeah. for Major League Baseball. And so, but then what happens is that after he completely has his meltdown, he becomes famous as a viral video oh. about his meltdown. So he doesn't know this. He ends up going to Mexico and he's on drugs and he's a complete alcoholic and he doesn't know that when he finally gets a callback to some minor league team called the Frackers, 
because you know why no not frackers. <laughs> he has no idea that he's a internet sensation oh my god so he's finding all this out and and he makes that show man hank azaria is hysterical he is a comedy genius that show started off as a funny or die skit for five minutes making fun of joe buck and now it's going into its fourth season so i mean and it's a it's hysterical he goes from complete down in the dumps to you know drinking every day or you know trying to uh do every drug imaginable <laughs> to see if he gets fired to complete sober realization. And then some of the guys are like, you know, I'm not sure if I like you drunk or sober. <laughs> I actually think you're meaner sober. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to watch just, that. It's his whole story. It's, it's hysterical. It's a lot of fun. And the lines in that movie, I mean, they're, they're comedic lines that you'll remember forever. And I'll give you one, just one. Because... Uh-huh. And he's he's doing a sports cast and he's a little mad at the city that he's doing the sports cast in, which is in Tampa. And he just he turns to the audience and he just looks around and he goes, you know what? Florida popped a cyst one day and they called it Tampa. (laughs) Damn. I know I I died hearing that. <laughs> that is. I have awesome. friends in Tampa. I have friends in Tampa, and every time they piss me off, I send them that clip. <laughs> <laughs> but that is you know, such a quick little thing. But it it tells well, you it, everything. It, uh, yeah, it tells you everything, and the writing in it is phenomenal because yeah. that's the kind of comedic lines you get. And it's not just from his character, but it's from all the other characters, too. They're all hysterical. And they have – it's so well-written. Yeah. Very well-written. So it's definitely a show that's on my watch list. I'm going to keep watching. And if you want to catch up, all three seasons are on Hulu, and the four seasons just start in air. And what's the length of, of the episodes? 30 minutes? Oh, they're, they're 30 minutes. It's a half-hour show. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's sort of that show. Do you remember, Jocelyn, we had sort of that kind of epiphany with the Kominsky Method. We, we passed on the, Komin- the Kominsky Method several times because, you know, two old dudes or whatever. And then one day we decided to watch it. And it, 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 we're like, yeah, we have to make an episode about this. This is too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yes. a good one too, for sure. But let me tell you, Brock Meyer is definitely one of those shows that uh, I watch when the kids go to sleep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Because the last thing I need is for my kids to walk in and be like, "What is he snorting?" And be like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> Just, don't worry about it. And then, you know, you get into a really awkward position where he's like, well, he was snorting something, but it's not what you think it is. Yeah. It was he, actually, he had a cold and it was medicine. Yeah, yeah. It was medicine. Yeah. And just tell you more. He's like, he, he snorted something, but it wasn't exactly a drug. It was actually a pill for his girlfriend yeah. that she had to chop up, but it's not a drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's best not to be getting into that conversation. Yeah, it's, like, ever. it's a really bad conversation. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, yeah, those are a few on my, those are, those are the few that I've have on my list right there. You've, you've, you've pointed us into some very good uh, stuff, right? Joseph? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I personally am going to start. Uh, I've been, for some reason, addicted to some very old-ass shows that I'm finding on, on BritBox. And right now, I've been watching MI5, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is like a really, I mean, yeah, it's it's like my son's age. So it's about 18, 19, <laughs> 19 years old. And it's, it, you know, 19 years ago doesn't seem so distant until you see how we used to dress and and the haircuts we had. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah, and the cell phones. Cell phones. Like, oh, that's when a flip phone was freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That was the technology. Yes, yes. You know, and and this guy could text and everything. So these these are shows that I can put on pause 
and go on for for something like Brock Meyer because you know when you have so many seasons of one show to watch, it gets boring and you need to laugh or something like that. Oh yeah, that's a that's a thing. After a long long day with the kids and and with everything going on, I've been more focused on watching some comedy stuff. So Brock Meyer's been on there, uh, Gentified, which is also. A bit of comedy and a bit of drama, which is a new show on Netflix. Yeah. So I actually finished that one up last night. And it, I hate when they do this, man. They left me on a cliffhanger. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I've I, always been against that. Uh, if a show is going to last a whole year before it comes back, you shouldn't put me on a cliffhanger. Come on. Right. Yeah. I know. But you know what? It was a good cliffhanger because it was not expected for a show that's it's a bit comedy and it's a bit drama. But and it's a heartfelt family type of show. Like it would be okay if my kids were watching it. But it, it just left me on like a, a bit of a cliffhanger where I was just like, wait, what's happening to the main guy now? And you just, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, you get an idea, but you're just. You're just like, well, I guess I'm definitely going to be watching this when it comes back out because <laughs> now I have to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't take so long to bring shows back because what they've done to us uh, with, with some of the shows with cliffhangers is, is almost torture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. And especially with the binge watching audience that you have, you, you think that that goes away. Like that so many people are just like, you know what? No, I, I want to know now. Yeah. But yeah. Netflix won't let you do that. Netflix does not allow you to, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it is, but they do a lot of shows that have cliffhangers and they, and they leave it until you have to come back, you know, a year or almost a year and a half later. Cause they hope that you're going to, forget everything and rewatch the yeah. last season just to catch up which which yeah. is what i've done i mean with with altered carbon is what i'm doing right now i'm rewatching the entire freaking thing before i launch into the second season uh, you have to because yeah. you forgot everything that happened with altered carbon yeah <laughs> i mean that's not exactly an easy show to keep up <laughs> That's the thing. And then now with, with, you know, with Maki on it, you know, being Takashi, Takashi has taken like six forms now. (laughs) Amazing, man. It is amazing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's what, what, what I'd like to, and forgive me for putting you on, on, on the spot there. No, no, please. Would you come back with us at least, uh, I don't know, like once a month or so, and we, let, let's let's keep this conversation going. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. I'd love to come back as a regular, and we can uh, pick out something new to, to discuss. I know um, we discussed a few things, but then now that your audience knows me a little bit more, uh, they got to know a little bit about my background, and we got to talk about some details in video production and movie production. Uh, next next time around, we can just jump into a few shows and a few movies that we're watching. Fantastic! I, I think that's I think awesome. that's a that's a fantastic idea. That's a good idea. And of course, we Jocelyn, I know I know you you open to it. We are all available to guest on Couch Dads when oh, phenomenal when thing gets started. Yes. So. Um, Basically, we're inviting ourselves to your couch. So. I, I, I wouldn't see it any other way. I mean, you can't come to my couch now because my couch does not have enough room to have one person plus six feet plus another person. It's not that big of a couch. That is true. <laughs> you have to get but one of them maybe. sectionals <laughs> that take the entire damn room. <laughs> yeah. uh, but maybe we could we could do virtual quote unquote couch. Couches that are six yes. feet apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, uh, George DeMoya, it's it's been an absolute delight to have you on Kicking and Streaming. You have been, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to put it out there, best guest so far to the point where we are like, think, I, I mean, I, I personally am rethinking the whole idea of not having a guest every time, but 
obviously not all of them Wait. are gonna be like you so <laughs> we're gonna yeah, we're gonna true. see i thought you. i was the only guest to come on <laughs> <laughs> see, see what i did there <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> yeah so we we are we are ever so grateful to you for for being on, on on our podcast and thanks for spending some saturday time with us yes yes yeah, and, and of course it, yes much success to uh, Couch Dad uh, podcast. When in April we are awaiting the the launch, and uh, we'll be right there behind you, man, pushing you through. Yes. Sounds great, man. Thank you so much, uh, Graham and Jojo, for having me on. Love kicking and streaming. Keep listening to kicking and streaming. They always got some of the best content out there with the most up-to-date movies and reviews. I love listening to you guys, so keep it up. Means a lot, oh, man. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, then, so we are going to say goodbye, my friends. You know where to find us. We are on all the social media out there, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you will find our home base, which is Kicking and Streaming Podcast. You can find me on Instagram as Mr. Puzzetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. And of course, you can find Jocelyn at Jocelyn Podcast. All right. And my friend George is also on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Couch Dads Podcast. Also, you can follow 90 Miles Productions. So that, that's 90 Miles Media, I'm sorry. 90 Miles Media. And of course, at Flintstone Media. And uh, FL Podcast Net is also... You can follow him on everywhere you can find. If you just search George Timoya, you will find him there. And give him a follow and follow Couch Dad Podcast. Be on the lookout for the first five episodes coming soon. Right? Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Very well then. So my friends, thank you very much for listening today. Thank you, George. Thank you, Jojo. Thank, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank right. you. Have a good one. Bye.